somewhere while these words were being sung, something happened, something happened in many of your hearts because it wasn't a song just to be heard with the ear, the natural ear. It was something that you heard with the ear of your heart. And the specific person, a specific setting, a specific memory, a specific conflict or situation just rose up in your heart. And you began to speak the name over and into that person's life, that relationship, that memory, that place in your heart that has not been able to be conquered, be won by peace and rest. But I'm believing that there are many of you who, as you spoke his name, something began to happen. The most powerful prayer you or I will ever pray is one word, and that one word is a name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know what it takes to refresh in us the power of that name? broken places in our lives, impossible situations that come up, things that we're not smart enough or capable enough to change or fix, restore, renew, and we find ourselves just one more time needing to be rescued, or somebody we care about needs to be rescued. That's the name. That's the meaning of the name, Jesus. When Gabriel found Mary and said to her in Luke 1, Hail, favored one, you have found favor with God, and you will bear a son, the father of whom will be the Holy Spirit, and you will call his name Jesus. It wasn't a name that Mary and Joseph came up with, or the family held a convention and a committee meeting to come up with names. This name, folks, this name originated in glory. This name originated where the angel armies make their home. This name originated where there is no sin, where there is no Satan, where there is the love of God abounding and the power of God abounding. And from that place to this place came the promise that one would come whose name would be Jesus and his specialty would be rescuing. His power would be specifically suited to save, 
to pick up out of junk. He would have the power over all the junk to destroy a life. He would have the heart to find folks who could never rescue themselves, and he would take it upon himself to save them. Many of us have learned, we've understood, it's come clear to us that we didn't find Jesus as if we found a Savior, as if we found the Lord. We've come to understand He found us when we weren't even looking for Him. That the things that we were living with and in, amazingly, were not so offensive, were not so prohibitive to Him that He would come and, as the Scripture would say, knock on the door of our hearts, begin to make us aware of His presence, and somehow somebody explained to us what the cross was all about. It wasn't just so the church could have a universal symbol that everybody would understand, and it would mean nothing. We came to understand that the cross was the cross because somebody had to die for my sins, or I would be dying for my own sins. But when Jesus came to save us 2,000 years ago, as he hung stretched out, impaled upon those two pieces of Roman wood, he was doing that because he saw you coming, and he saw me coming, and he knew that we would need someone to save us, to rescue us from our sins. But that, that's the part about paying the debt. That's the part about atoning for what we have done that was wrong in the sight of God, which is an indescribable gift. But you know what? He did more than that when he made provision for us to be rescued, to be saved. And it was when he was raised from the dead. And he was raised again and seated at the right hand of his father where he was before the angel ever said anything to Mary about the baby boy coming named Jesus. Before that ever happened, this Jesus was, was clothed with all the power, had, all, had full authority of God in charge of the angel armies. He was the one that stepped out on nothing and spoke to this uncreated universe and said, let there be. Jesus was the one who said, let there be. And the lights turned on and the seasons began to move and order in this chaotic universe came into being through Jesus Christ. And we come to recognize that it was that one raised from the dead at the right hand of the Father. Are you ready for this? He had made provision for our sins to be forgiven. So we would not have to pay the penalty of our sins when our faith and trust is in Jesus But here is what else he did. He determined that he would, as the Father had promised, as John the Baptist had said would happen, John would say, I baptize you with water. I can get you sopping wet, your clothes, your skin, your feet wet, come out in the Jordan River. I'll baptize you with water. 
but there is one coming after me who is greater than me, and I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. But when he comes, he will baptize you with his spirit and with fire. That from the throne, from, from the glory of heaven, pouring out from the exalted Jesus Christ, poured out on that day of Pentecost was his spirit, his spirit in power, coming to dwell, to live inside those who had received Jesus as Savior and Lord, and they came to experience a power, not their own power, not a self-help power, but the power of the living Jesus alive in them now who would give them the ability, who would give them the strength to say no to fear and to say no to the sins of all kinds and to live in in purity and to live in righteousness and right standing before the Lord. Now, don't, don't get that lost with a just and say, well, it's just another Bible word. I, I don't know what, all of what righteousness means. It means living in a way that you're in right standing with God. That God doesn't look down at you or me and find some area of our lives that grieve him or disappointing to him, but that by the power of the Spirit of Jesus alive inside us, we can live in such a way that, that he looks with delight on the way, on the choices that we make and the ways that we order our days. He saves us with the blood of the cross, but he rescues us from ourselves from our current, from our present, and from the steps we take into the future, he rescues us because he fills us with his spirit. And it is the spirit of Jesus strengthening our want to so that we want to do the things that please him. Religion doesn't teach you that. Even the Christian religion in some ways doesn't let us in on that truth. It just gives us a list of new rules that we've got to follow. And if you don't follow those rules, you're in trouble with God like the old covenant people would be in trouble when they disobeyed. If we're not careful, we're going to have just another whole set of New Testament rules without the secret behind all of it. It's that the Lord wants us to walk in the life of His Spirit and He's working on the inside of us, changing our desires so that our desires are more for the Lord, more for Christ, more wanting to please Him and bless Him and honor Him. We, through the power of the Spirit, are given the ability to believe where we used to doubt. Given the power to love when we used to just want to keep hating and stay mad. The power of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit of the living Lord Jesus. And that's true, true with that as a part of our lives is this further understanding. <laughs> oh my goodness, the further understanding that there is power, there is might, there is authority, there is victory when we, as his own, speak the name Jesus. Jesus, 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 can you say his name with me once or twice? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You say, Pastor, why, why do you keep emphasizing that? Because there's no greater word to speak in the human language. There's no name with greater authority than that name. 
There is not another name that speaks of a closer and more cherished friend to the sinner than that name. Amen. 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 Speak the name. Speak his name, Jesus. We spent time on this subject last week. Some of you may have tuned in and you heard the same song being sung a while ago and you thought, well, this just must be a replay of last week. It isn't. It isn't. We needed to have our praise team sing that song again and declare that truth again because the preacher didn't get through last week with the things that some more things need to be said along this line. And folks, when we get to the end, when I, when I finish here in a minute, I'm going to ask you to do what we did last week, to collect around you, gather around you if you are able to do it, desire to do it, symbols of those places in your life, in your heart, in the longings deep within you where you would love to see, long to see Jesus the Christ breaking through with rescue and deliverance and even salvation of ones you care about. But where there are problems that have seemed to be insurmountable, where there, have been, where there has been endless hopelessness in some category, pick up that symbol. It may be a picture. It could be a ring. It could be a key on your key ring that opens the door to an office somewhere where, where there, is, there is a great need for the breakthrough of the Lord to be seen. It could be anything. But this doesn't take a lot of work to come up with it. It's what rises in your heart when we're exhorted to speak the name Jesus over and into a situation that is heavy on our hearts. Many times foremost in our thoughts, speak the name, speak into what, over what and into what right now today do you need to speak the name Jesus into. With that in mind, I want you to find the book of Isaiah, Old Testament book, Isaiah chapter 11. And I want to point out in Isaiah 11 and Isaiah 53, two prophecies that were written seven to 800 years before Jesus of Nazareth was ever born. Speaking of the Christ, the Messiah, it was the old, old Testament word was Messiah. The New Testament word is the word Christ. They mean the same thing. They're synonyms for the same idea, term, which means the anointed one. The one promised by God who would come to this earth and his specialty, his purpose would be to save, to rescue, deliver. Now notice Notice how this is phrased in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. Then a shoot will spring forth from the stem of Jesse. Remember David, King David was a son of Jesse. And a branch, a branch from his roots will bear fruit. A branch from the root of Jesse one son of whom was David, it was prophesied here and in other places that the Messiah would come from the lineage, the earthly lineage of David. This is another way of saying it. A shoot 
will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. Look at verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked, and the righteousness will be also righteousness will be the belt about his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. Those last two verses have reference to the end result of the Messiah's coming to the earth. We speak of it as the season of the second coming of the Lord. But if you'll notice, this first part is a prophecy regarding who the Messiah, what the, who the Messiah will be like in his first coming. And I want you to keep in mind when, we, when we're saying, speak the name, speak the name. Here is a listing of some amazingly clear and powerful statements of the ability that the anointed one, the Messiah, Jesus, will have. The latent abilities within him. That when we cry out his name, when we speak his name in a situation, we are accessing what is already in him that he would want us to know is there. So he says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Are you finding yourself in a situation that you don't understand? Are you finding yourself in a situation where it would help if you had some significant and reliable clues as to what in the world is going on? The word wisdom speaks of principles of truth, principles of understanding, that are for the present, but extend off out into the distance, into the future of your life. Important, big picture, but solid principles of wisdom. That next word, understanding, has more of the, the detail involved of what is at hand. Lord, I need to, I don't, I don't know about you, but there have been times, as you're sitting on the front row right here, there have been times when I've needed to pray, Lord, I need some understanding about my wife. I need to understand Will you, and I guarantee you she has felt similar. I need to understand that man, Lord. I don't get it. Why he's wired that way, why she's wired that way. Here's, here's the thing about this speaking the name Jesus. It's not just speaking his name in the middle of a storm, though we can do that. It's not just about speaking his name in the middle of a life and death situation, but it is in these places, in the practical places of our lives, where we need wisdom as to how to respond, how to react to a situation and setting, but where we need understanding with regard to people we care about or relationships that we're in. Jesus is filled with the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Don't make this just, well, it's got to be just stuff that I can see in the Bible. 
or that it's just going to happen inside the sheetrock that's called the shell of a church building. I don't know how many times I've said it over these years, but I just can't quit. I know some of you would say, Pastor, move on to something else. But what I keep coming back to is the Lord wants you to know that where you work matters to him. What vehicle you drive, he cares about. The, the, the things about your life that are not anchored in a church building, the real Jesus loves you. He is your shepherd. And sheep don't all the time stay in the fold. They don't all the time stay in the church house. They go out where they make a living. They go out to where their homes are, to where their children would go. The wonderful thing about this teaching of who he is is that when we pray, we cry out Jesus, and we're staring at something in the natural, in the material, in the physical, in the social that we don't understand. He has the power. He has the ability to give us that understanding of what we need so that we can do what pleases him in that situation. I tell you, I love getting these stories back from, from you folks out there, but also here in the Alamo City, the San Antonio home base, from, from stories of how the Lord's just, just blessed you, met with you, away from church. I love hearing the stories of, of businessmen who will be saying, Pastor, I was sitting in a board meeting. I was sitting in a, in a planning meeting. I was sitting in a, in a committee, in a think tank deal, and there was something, some idea that, or some problem, some problem that we were needing to solve company-wide. It would be a policy procedural adjustment that we needed to make. And nobody was able to figure it out. We couldn't even necessarily identify the dimensions of the problem, let alone figure out a solution. And I've gotten these, Pastor, you won't believe this. But I was sitting there, these are Fortune 400 kind of businesses and so forth that are you know, the upper echelon of leadership. And this happens all the way down the food chain when the Lord's people are listening. And, and this in, in particular would say, you know, I was sitting there. And I was listening to the description of the problem. I was aware of the setting that we were having to deal with. But I was just listening this way too. Jesus, Jesus, as if, is there something you want me to hear, Lord, in this? I'm as clueless as the rest of the ones in the room. Is there something you, Jesus, want to say? And the report would come, Pastor as clear as the carpet or as the, as the fabric on that chair right there or as solid as that floor is, I began to sense in my heart, in my mind, an idea of taking the different parts, the dimensions of the problem, getting a grasp on that, but that then it's like he just gave me the solution. When I spoke the solution, I didn't clear my throat and say, <coughs> thus saith the Lord, because some of them would have just fell over backwards in their chair, maybe. I'm adding all this to it. But, but, what, but when I said it, when I spoke it, it was like a shaft of light hit the room. Everybody could see it clearly. The Spirit of the Lord 
gave that man and has given other brothers, and, is, and you, some of you could give that same testimony. When those around me didn't have a clue, it wasn't a Bible study. There wasn't anything spiritual about it except that in my heart, the person who would be there, I knew the Lord had me in that place, but I was listening for his direction, and I was asking if there was something Jesus would want me to know, and he gave understanding. And that sense of understanding and that plan implemented company-wide. Now, nobody's going to necessarily, unless you press that individual, how did that happen? Where'd that come from? And would be able to say, I felt like the Lord put it in my heart. But it's not going to be, it's not going to have a, an asterisk in the, in the company manual. And down at the bottom, Jesus said, do this. It's not going to have that. It, 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 but it came from the Lord. It came from the Lord. Speak the name. Speak the name. Speak the name in your business between you and him. Speak the name. Look at a problem, speak the name. Look at unanswered questions, speak the name. He is one who has the spirit of wisdom and understanding, wisdom and understanding resting on him. And when he engages a situation, his wisdom and his understanding gets activated, and he makes it known where it needs to be made known. Amen, preacher. You say, well, I don't think that it works. Because you had never tried it. You know, that's my, that's my response. I don't think this stuff works. To which my stock answer is, you're saying that because you hadn't tried it. But you sit in some meeting, you sit in some secular situation where there, there needs to be an answer and you, you feel like you're a part of the equation. Jesus, Jesus, is there something you want me to know? He continues on, you know, spirit of counsel and strength. The spirit of counsel and strength. The spirit of counsel and is there anything going on in your life that matters to you where you could really appreciate some counsel? I'm not talking about from folks who don't know sickum from come here, all right? But they, they, they don't know what, to, they're just going to blab. They're just going to give you an opinion. I'm talking about where you're in a situation and you really would like to know what to do next. What, what, what may be in the future so that you can make adjustments in the present. Jesus, speak the name. Speak the name. Sit in that place. Sit with that spot where you need counsel and speak the name and listen. Speak the name and listen. Counsel. Counsel and strength. Is there some place in your life right now where you need strength? Strength. Not necessarily talking about physical strength, though that could be what it is. But this statement is that there is resting upon the Messiah, resting upon the Jesus, this Jesus we love, we trust, we've served, exalted to the right hand of the Father, that, that this Jesus has within him the capacity not only to operate within strength, but to impart strength. 
And instead of us just here, folks, listen, instead of us just coming to class, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Keep saying that, keep saying that, and you're just speaking the truth. I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. But what our conclusion is, since I can't do it, nobody can help me do it. Wrong. Wrong. Well, the declaration is, and it's an honest, accurate assessment of the situation. I can't do this. I don't have the strength to do this. Where that is used, instead of focusing us on inability and powerlessness, it causes us instead to turn to the one whom the word says has unlimited strength. And he is your savior. He chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world, and his heart is to fill you with the abilities, the strength to do what he has called you and me to do. If, is that making sense? Instead of me spending all my time saying, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, as if that is the final assessment regarding whatever that situation is that you know it would be good if you could do. It would be right if you could move in that direction, but I can't do it, I can't do it. Go ahead and say that, but then add this. But Jesus, but Jesus, where have you given up? Where have you given up because you have known, you've proven to yourself a thousand times over you don't have the strength to quit or the strength to start or the, or the strength to let go of, to forgive, to release. And as a result of you realizing I have no strength, you've given up on the whole situation. When really, you are one word away from accessing power that is greater than your weakness, that is stronger than your sense of hopelessness. It's the name Jesus. Sit in that place. Sit with that place where you would say, I have no strength. I can't do it. You sit right there in the middle of your powerlessness, in the middle of your lack of strength, and just start speaking the name Jesus. Jesus. Folks, if he can walk up to a corpse, get the stone out of the way, but he's been dead four days, get the stone out of the way. Lazarus, you come forth. Lazarus, come forth. You talk about no strength, a corpse doesn't even have a heartbeat. Jesus had the power to speak life and strength into that dead man. And that dead man came waddling out, and Jesus said, Unwrap him, loose him, and let him go. I'm telling you, the devil's been lying long enough to some of you. Can't do it, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. So you quit even thinking about it. The devil just chihuahua and dog, chihuahua dogging you to death. Can't do it, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. Agree with him. You're right, devil, I can't. But Jesus, I'm going to live my life in the places where I don't have the strength to do what's right and I know I need to and I remember the depth of me wants to, 
but I don't have the ability, the power in and of myself. I'm going to squat down right there, and I'm going to speak his name. Sitting in the middle of my weakness, sitting in the middle of our can'ts. Jesus, 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 son of David, have mercy on me. Who did that? Bartimaeus, blind beggar, side of the road. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Who was that? The cripple from his mother's womb, Peter and John outside the temple gate. Jesus, Jesus, in the place where it's been impossible to forgive, in the place where it's impossible to let go, because the memories are so vivid and the pain is so deep, Jesus, Jesus you, you've said, Lord, that, that, that you would forgive me to the, to the degree that I forgive those who've sinned against me, and Lord, I can't. I can't forgive them. I can't drop it. I can't let them go. Jesus, you know what happens? <laughs> From the cross, Jesus looked out upon the very ones who had impaled him to those two pieces of Roman wood and to the ones who were falsely accusing him of all manner of things from a biblical religious standpoint, the Jewish leaders and the Roman soldiers. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The spirit of that Jesus imparting that kind of strength into a heart that has been consumed with unforgiveness. You, you can read through the rest of these, spirit of knowledge, fear of the Lord, and so forth. But look, look over, turn over to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. When Jesus walked the earth and returned to Nazareth, he showed up at the synagogue on the day that they were reading through the book of Isaiah, and in particular, Isaiah 61. They handed Jesus the scroll, and he read through these verses. And when he finished the section, he said, Today in your hearing, these words have been fulfilled. Meaning, he was the embodiment of what the Lord God had promised to the human race in the Messiah. Jesus was the embodiment. So follow along, Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He's sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting. And then he goes on to say, so they, the ones who had known for their fainting, the ones who had know, been known for their captivity, 
the ones who had been known for their broken hearts, so they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations, and they will repair the, the ruined cities, the desolation of many generations. So great would be the transformation in the lives and the hearts of the ones who were known for their brokenheartedness, known for their, 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 their fainting spells that they just couldn't finish what they started. The result of the anointed one's touch on their lives is that they will be strengthened into a core of builders, and they will be able to restore broken down cities and rebuild walls, and they will be called oaks of righteousness, not mushrooms that are here today and gone tomorrow. Oaks of righteousness, oaks of righteousness. Speak the name. Do you know anybody brokenhearted? Jesus is the healer of the brokenhearted. Does that mean that he will turn back the clock and fix everything that caused there to be a broken heart? Or is this a promise that he is bigger than whatever it was that broke your heart? And that he has the power Irregardless of what has happened in your life and to you, he has the power to heal your broken heart. Speak the name. But we know folks, it may be we ourselves, but we know others if it's not us individually. With a heart that's been trashed, with a heart that's been beaten up, could be all kinds of different ways that that happened. But instead of us trying to diagnose the problem and come up with some way to make them better, you speak the name. You speak the name. You say, okay, 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 Jesus is here. No, 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 it's not enough to just know that. We're not talking about just knowing it in your brain. We're talking about the power that is released when you speak the name. The power of life and death are in the tongue. The power of life and death are in the tongue. The power of life and death are in the tongue. One more time. The power of life and death are in the tongue. When Jesus stepped out on nothing before there was anything, he said, let there be light. He said, let the vegetation grow. He spoke it. He spoke it. Speak it. Speak his name. Oh, it wouldn't work. It's because you haven't tried. Oh, it won't make any difference. It's because you haven't tried. How much do you care for that one who has a broken heart? Do you care enough to end your own time with the Lord and perhaps even with them as you're encouraging them to enter, bring into the body of comments the most powerful name you'll ever make? Amen. Jesus. All I want to say to you today, you could say, all I want you to know, one name, 
Jesus. 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 Somebody who loves them speaking the name that is the answer, that is the cure, that is the hope for every broken heart. He said in here, he said that the spirit of fainting, the spirit of fainting, or we want to give up, speak the name Jesus. Where he says, I've come to set the captives free. Captives free. You know, you, you, you can be driving a fancy car. You, you can live in a debt-free house somewhere. You, you, can, you, can, be, you can have a, an awesome job and still be in prison to a habit, to a relationship, to an attitude. You know, the, the good news here is that it's not as if the Lord's mad at people for being in these places. I'm so disgusted that you're a captive that I don't even want to know your name. I'm, I'm so disgusted that you're fainting. I, I can't believe that. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I understand the realities of the human race. I understand what is involved when I was named the Savior of the world. I have been given the power, the power from heaven, Set captives free. I am not talking about, oh, if we can just get them to join a church. Oh, if they can just become a good little churchgoer. Oh, let's just get them to memorize the book of James. No. No. This isn't about a denomination. This isn't about all of a sudden starting to go to church. This is about on the inside of the inside of the inside of who you are. Somebody shows up with a key. Powerful enough to let you out of that prison that you've been in. The habit broken. The bondage to a relationship broken. Because your heart gets set free. Speak the name. Speak the name. Now I want to finish by giving you a list of four or five things. I'm just going to list them. I promise. Almost. But I'm going to work at it. Say it quickly. Four or five things that we have permission, that we have, we have indication from Scripture that we can speak the name into, the name Jesus into, and look forward to results. The first one is this, storms, storms. Storms. There are multiple places in Matthew, Mark, and Luke that record Jesus calming a storm. He was in the boat. They thought they were all going to drown. Jesus was so calm, he was asleep. They wake him up. The words from that song, even the winds and the waves obey him. You may be in a storm economically. You may be in a storm relationally. You may be in a storm. Instead of trying to just ignore it and fill your mind up with something else, what about just as that reality comes up in your mind, this is a storm. 
I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know how my family are going to make it. Dad, father, single mom, speak the name. Some of you have gotten so good at that that when you speak the name or you hear a testimony coming from songs about the power in the name, you just want to stand up in the pew and wave your hand and shout because you've known of his power to be with you in the storm and when the time came to flat out calm the storm. Speak the name in storms. Speak the name to lacks of supply. Five loaves and two fish and thousands of people that Jesus felt compassion for. That they took what they had, gave it to Jesus. The little boy gave everything he had. Wonderful story. And Jesus took what little the boy had. And he blessed it. And he broke it. And he kept breaking it and kept giving it away. He has a way of making your supply multiply. You surrender that supply to him. You embrace who he is. And you begin to speak his name over your diminishing supplies. You invite him into that situation and just watch what he will do. He has a way of multiplying, but he also has a way of causing things just to last. Just to last. Just to last. The widow and Elijah. They kept dipping. They kept going back for bread. And it kept being there. Speak the name. Speak the name. Speak the name. I know there are a bunch of folks hoping for those stimulus checks to show up just in short order. You know, that may be one of the ways he supplies, but there can be some other ways that he would supply. You speak his name over your diminishing supplies. Speak his name into storms. Speak his name into sadness. I love this verse out of John chapter 16, verse 24. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be made full. He says in John 14, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. In my name, meaning consistent with his nature, with his heart, also with who he is and the power that he has. But he invites us, speak the name, speak the name, speak the name of Jesus. And I, I'm going to finish with this. I'm going to just summarize. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Let me just tell you what goes on there. Peter and John have been released from the Sanhedrin or from the, the, the court of the Jews, the same ones that, who had interrogated Jesus, sent him to the cross. Same high priest, same high priestly family, same arrangement, no heads had changed. And they called Peter and John in. They interrogated them. They threatened them. Speak no more in this name. That they didn't agree with Jesus at all. That they had they had had him put to death. But something about his name worried them. They realized that there was power in that name. And so what 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 Peter and John, when they got back with the disciples, they began to pray. And they didn't ask for a change of location. 
said, Lord, would you be, you ask you to, to be aware of what's being said, but we're asking you to give your bond servants boldness to be able to speak the word of the Lord, to speak your word. But then they said, and we're asking you for signs and wonders so that, in effect, what we are preaching about you will be verified by the things that you would do miraculously to verify, to support what we've been saying. Folks, now I'm going to just tell you something. Some of you who have been grown up, who have been grown up, how's that for English? You've grown up in a straight, narrow, cubicle kind of Christian experience. Now, here's what you do with a verse like that. Man, that was way back yonder, that signs and wonders thing, that was back yonder, and I don't, you know, it didn't happen today. Because you have such a well-behaved, phony version of what walking with Jesus really is. What he did before, he can flat do again. Does he have to ask anybody? No. I believe there are sometimes in some situations <laughs> where we, we stand in the middle of some impossible situation. Somebody is so stone cold to who Jesus is. and Some, some, some whole groups are just, there's nothing to that, you know. Lord, would you, would you sign and wonder this thing? I'm inviting you, Lord Jesus, to do whatever it's going to take to convince these people you love and care about that you are real, that there is a God in heaven and there is a real Jesus. I'm asking you for some signs and wonders, Lord. Sign and wonder this thing. Sign and wonder this thing. All right, I got to tell you a story, and then we're going to sing this song again, and I want you to get your symbols ready. You may not have any, you, you just got it in your heart, but when they sing this, speak the name, you speak the name Jesus, and you speak it with your heart focused on whatever it is, is the spot in your life or in ones you care about that needs that need a breakthrough. We, we have a family member married to another family member and our kind of our extended family. They live in Alaska. He, he had been trained as a bush pilot. He would fly those little single engine planes carrying medicines and mail into the remote villages, different parts of Alaska. Shirley and I went up to see them a couple of summers ago. Just amazing. They love the Lord. I mean, they're not, they're not, it's a young couple. They're, they're not perfect in every way, but they love the Lord. They believe in the power of the name of Jesus. The COVID hit. The little small airlines were shut down and different things and without work. But they kept praying. And we joined them in prayer. We were not as close to it as the family, the immediate family of theirs. But we knew about it. And we were praying. One day, the young man got a, an indication that, that he was being asked to come in for an interview with an airline company up there. 
for a job. And so many pilots out of work, there were, there were, there were people lined up that, 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 that had way more hours flying time, way more experience. He should have been just bumped way down the list and left out in the break room and not even interviewed. But he's good at what he does, man of integrity, loves the Lord. He goes in there. They do the interview. He gets a call the next day. Listen to this. He gets a call the next day saying, just want you to know we want you to come to work for us. And after we talked to you, we didn't talk to anybody else. Now, you may say, what's the big deal about that? I can tell you what the big deal is about that. That makes no sense in the natural. That is Jesus putting his favor on a life. Putting his favor on a life. Jesus can put his favor on your life, on your children's lives, on ones that you know and care about, even on your life in such a way that folks will realize they may not even know the Lord, but they'll know there's something like Daniel in you. There's something like Joseph in you. And they'll want you. They'll want you. I want you to stand with me, please. Those of you watching from home or wherever you may be, if you want to just stand up or you want to kneel down at the chair or just put your head in, you can do it. But let, let, let's take those things those symbols, those places in our heart. And whenever the phrase, speak the name in the song comes up or the name Jesus comes up, you speak, you speak. Don't just, don't just think it, you speak it. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Hang on to that. Speak it into and over your situation. And let's just see what the Lord will do. So raise it up, fill the sky. Chains will fall, mountains move, we lift him high. So speak the name.
Amen. Speak the name. Speak the name. I ought to invite our prayer partners, something we haven't been able to do in about a year as we close this service. Our prayer partners to join us here at the front. If you want somebody to pray with you, you can wear your mask and keep your distance, or you can get a little whatever you're comfortable with. But if you're here and you need someone to pray with you, we would love to do that. For those of you watching, scattered all over this world, Pastor Walker at alamocity.org, send us your prayer request and our intercessors will be on it, joining with you in prayer that the Lord will bring the breakthrough, that the Lord will do what He is capable of doing in whatever the situation is that's on your heart. Bless you for being here today. Bless you for your steady and encouraging support in every way. You've been such a gift. Speak the name. Speak the name. Speak the name. Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Come this way if we can pray with you. Thank you for being here.